Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Super Travel Experience Podcast, episode number 24. I'm your host, Mark, and got some good music going on. Yeah, makes you want to get up and dance, right? That's what I'm doing right now. Get up and dance. Wherever you are, just get up. Do it. That's it. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me. And this episode, I'm going to go over the last two episodes that I posted. And uh, I'm going to go over a flow state, which is like getting into the zone. And then another thing, which is uh, really useful, is uh, fear, uh, having how to deal with fear, fear of flying, fear of anything. Really, I've uh, found a few new tools, which is really helpful in addition to the ones I already talked about. So that's going to be most of this podcast. Not going to be talking too much about traveling, although I do want to talk about Switzerland a little bit and eventually do a full podcast on Switzerland. It's hard when like, you want to do a podcast on a country. You can't really sum up a country in like an hour. It just, it doesn't work. Uh, It's like each city can be at least like five hours if you want to talk about everything, all the details, all the specifics. Maybe like you could sum it up in like an hour or two, but, but I mean, Switzerland's got tons of beautiful, cool, amazing cities, and it's such a unique country the more I, I read about it and explore its history. So, definitely uh get into that later i uh i was actually doing a lot of research for a, a podcast on switzerland and i my head kind of started hurting <laughs> i i was getting overwhelmed with all the history and napoleon and the habsburgs and and all this all this stuff and like its isolation with the alps and how it's you know help help the country become uh who who it is and uh definitely uh who was um Hannibal, Hannibal Barca, and uh, taking elephants crossing the, the Alps to fight the Romans. That was uh, another cool story. But uh, save that for another time. This one, okay, so uh, the last two episodes, the last one I just posted, which was uh, I recorded on August 4th on my birthday, and I never shared it, but I was like, hey, you know what? I might as well share it. And like I listened to it, and I was like, oh, I sound excited and happy. And you know, I, I thought that that would be, you know, worth sharing. And uh, yeah, so I, I just posted that. I didn't feel like recording a, a podcast for like 10 days because I was, I just got back from my trip not too long ago. And now I'm getting ready to go to uh, back to India uh, within the week. So yeah, I got a lot a lot to do and I'm working a lot and just yeah, a whole, a whole lot on my plate. So I posted that and I thought it was really cool. I just talked about, uh, I was right there live at Angkor Wat ruins right in front of the the ruins there if you google it you could see a cool picture of it and I was just really excited I was after a race I was I had so much caffeine I was hyper I was just I was it was just an amazing day and definitely uh love hearing that and that's you know that's one of the reasons I record these is I want to remember and uh like like you have a picture you know but but there's also uh, recording the experience as you're there, which is, I think is really cool. And I want to one day just look back on this, maybe like 20 or 30 years, maybe a hundred years. If we, uh, if we live that long with, uh, the new anti-aging stuff, that's a good podcast. There is anti-aging. Oh, especially health and taking care of your health that we could go into 
many podcasts on that, especially while you're traveling. It's very important because, I mean, you don't want to be sick. You, you're there for a certain amount of time. You don't want to waste the days, the hours, the minutes. And so you want to be as healthy and feel as good as you can. And then that was the last one I just posted. And the one before that, that one was the interview with the, the podcast. So not really an interview. He just told a story about uh, his accident with Timothy Dunham, my, my friend. In, while we were in Switzerland, I was at his, at his house right there on the lake. I think it was Lake Zug. Lake Zug. And so that was a really good one. I'm sorry if it cut out, though, at the end because uh, I'm limited to an hour and a half before I have to... I don't know if I splice them together or what. I've never gone over an hour and a half. So uh, I cut off just like um, the end part where I was like, thank you for joining me, you know, that, 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 that sort of stuff. So so if you notice it cut out is because uh, it wasn't me. It was just uh, the recordings limited to an hour and a half. I don't know if I could record like two one hours and then put them, splice them together. I'm not really sure. I'm still kind of new at this and I don't. I don't have a lot of time to go into like learning all the really details. So I'll just, what I could do is just record like an hour and then stop it, save it, and then do like part two and then record and save it and do that, which I think I'll do next time. So that was really fun uh, hearing his story. And yeah, I I was really tired that day too. I don't know if you could tell if you listened to it. So I, yeah, but there was no way I was not going to do the podcast. Usually I I wait till like I have energy and I feel good and my brain power is going, you know, but during that time, by the end of that trip, my brain and the end of that day, we did so much. It was just, it was gone. It was gone. And uh, he took, uh, he took me to Stu's in the Fernicular. You go up this, uh, it's like a, a tram that goes up the mountain to Stu's which is uh, uh, like this little mountain resort, small city on top of the mountain. And it's supposed to, it was really beautiful and uh, it's supposed to be good for uh, skiing and that sort of stuff in the winter as well. And that was really fun. And, you know, Switzerland, I, it just impresses me every time more and more that I visit that place. I, I think it's been only been a couple times since I've been there, but that I've been there, but every time like there's so many beautiful cities there it's just a you're you're driving or or you're in a train you just look out and everything's like a postcard it's it's so amazing and so definitely uh i almost want to go back there every year <laughs> and visit tim and uh <laughs> but yeah that was a really good interview or podcast discussion with them where he told a story and it was really heartfelt. I mean, I watched a YouTube video of of his accident, and it just it was it was really like breathtaking, terrifying, and you feel all these emotions. And I'm just glad he's okay and alive, and and not paralyzed or anything. And it's just uh, yeah, amazing. I was like, that that's really a good book, a good book story. If that ice would have fell, any other you know, centimeter here or there, it would have been, uh, would have been all over. It's such a scary moment. And even for me, just, it didn't happen to me, but just hearing it and realizing how close to, uh, you know, how close it was. So that was a really good, that was probably one of my favorite, uh, podcasts. One, you know, yeah, I, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty well up there. I mean, just, uh, staying with him and, and, uh, visiting him. That was one of the 
really highlights of, of that trip that, uh, you know what, usually every time I visit a friend or a friend hosts me or I visit their family, like my friend Kareem in uh, Morocco, I, I went to his uh, family and they had a, a big Moroccan dinner and that was, was so cool to experience all that. And if you ever get a chance to do that in another country, really do that because that's one of the highlights. I said before, there's a that website showaround.com where you could you could hire people for like 10 bucks an hour or for free sometimes where uh, they show you around and you could really uh, see a lot of the city and, and see more than, than you would by yourself. <laughs> Save time, especially if you're short on time as well. And so uh, those are the recaps for that. And now I'm going to go into the fear, fear of. So last time, uh, I think it was like the first episode, episode, episode one, July 15th, my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Jason, once again. July, August, September, October. It's like three and a half months ago, but I can't, can't say it enough. Uh, uh, so I talked about what I learned in Tony Robbins about changing your state in an instant. You, you know, you change your physiology, you change your focus, and you change the words you're telling yourself. So if you could use that to change your state in an instant, whether you feel sad, you want to feel happy, whether you ha- feel happy, you want to feel sad for some reason, I don't know. Maybe you're an actor and you want to get into to that state. So you work on changing that. But more specifically uh, for this podcast, I, I attribute it to like fear of flying and using that. So uh, you change your focus, your physiology, and the words you tell yourself. So how do you change your focus? You do not focus on the plane turbulence if you're afraid of flying. Do not focus on it because every little small thing is just going to increase magnitude in your, in your mind. It's going to create a snowball effect. and You just don't focus on it no matter how strong it is, no matter what. So that's, that's what, and then you change your, your physiology, which is like your breathing, uh, like your, your physical movements, you know, the way, you, where your eyes look. So I, I just start to play a video game and, uh, what was it, Bejeweled? One of those, one of those block games, uh, Candy Crush, Candy Crush. That's when I have Candy Crush on my phone. Shh, don't tell anyone. Candy Crush and Angry Birds. Those are my kryptonite. No, no, I, I rarely play, rarely play uh, Candy Crush. I play it on the plane, though, when there's turbulence. That's kind of like my go-to. And I'll, and I'll put on some uh, music, too, so I have the, the sound. Oh, not music, but uh, the sound of the game in my ears, too. So that, that helps take the focus off of uh, like the turbulence or whatever it is I don't want you know, to uh, me- distract me or make me feel a certain way. Um, so Candy Crush because you don't need Wi-Fi. That's the reason I play that. If uh, if their uh, Angry Birds didn't need Wi-Fi, I'd probably be playing that during that because uh, I could focus directly onto the game, to the sights, to the sounds, to everything, and it takes takes that off of the the plane turbulence. And so you change your physiology. So, you know, when you get scared, you start breathing fast. <clears throat> you uh, maybe will look down or you'll look a certain way. So what you want to do is you want to change where you look. You want to, you know, breathe slower, you know, kind of meditatively, like, uh, you know, slow in, hold it, slow out, that sort of stuff. Um, like if you're fidgeting or you're like tensing your hands, you, you want to relax your hands, you know, you want to stop shaking your knee if your knee's shaking or your leg's shaking. Uh, sometimes when turbulence gets really bad, uh, there was a couple times in the, like the last couple months 
when there was some big rollers coming from the Pacific, uh, that was coming from Hong Kong to LA. And I, uh, I put my legs in the back of the seat in front of me and I was like, just holding on, just like, like riding it like a, you know, like a wave. And sometimes I'll do that rarely. Like if there's a storm, you know, and and you're in a storm, you got to climb, the plane's got to climb through the storm to get, you know, above it. It's, it's, it's always a little rough going through that. Landing is more rough from, from what I've felt going through a storm. Landing is more rough because it takes more time to, to go down. Like when you, uh, when you take off, you're going through it much fa- a little bit faster. So that's uh, focus, physiology, and the words you tell yourself. So I noticed too, like if you pay attention to the words you tell yourself, like in any instance, you know, like uh, in many instances, let's say when you get really afraid, what are you telling yourself? You know, what what are the words? Uh, when you get mad, like some of the words. You know, everyone's got a certain word that evokes uh, these, you know, heightened emotional states. Like you tell yourself, I hate this. That's like my kryptonite word is like hate. Oh, I hate the word hate. So so instead of saying I hate this, what I've done, I've changed it to, oh, this is a little uncomfortable. You know, this is, you know, something like that. Like this is just, uh, this is no big deal. You know, you change it. You change the words. You don't say this is awful. You say this. This isn't. This is could be better. This could be pe- better. Or this ain't bad. You know, I don't like to use the word bad. I'm more like this could be better. That better and is uh, creates more of a positive emotional state than bad. So, those are uh, your three tips that I went over in the first episode, and it's worth re going over now because these are really great tools, and this uh, will. Uh, why I, I went over this is because I just uh, listened to a podcast by Mark Devine, the retired Navy SEAL, and he has a podcast called the Unbeatable Mind Podcast, and he interviewed Patrick Sweeney, who's written a book called Fewer, Fear is Fuel. It doesn't come out till March 20th, but I would recommend uh I would recommend listening to that podcast, Unbeatable Mind Podcast, with uh, Jeremy Patrick uh, Sweeney. Patrick Sweeney, and so definitely listen to that if you're interested in this sort of stuff because he really goes into it. He gives uh, some good tips. He goes into base B A S S E, the acronym for dealing with fear. And he talks about you know how to f- use fear to live the life. You- they go into a lot of stuff. How to live, uh, use fear to live the life of your dreams. He talks about having a motivation, a sense of purpose, purpose and mission in life, uh, gets you through the tough times. I mean, uh, one thing that's that's important too is what is your mission in life? Like find your purpose, your mission. We all have one. It's there. It's right in front of us. But I'm not sure most. Uh, People have thought about this. I'll tell you what my mission and purpose in life is service to others. That's a huge mission and purpose of my life. And I've learned this from my mom. And now, like the job I have, I'm always serving others. And so that just became who I am. And I, I really love it. And that's part of why I'm doing this podcast is because I love to serve others. And and that's like my my mission in life, my my. Uh, sense of purpose is that uh so what is your motivation sense of purpose mission in life number two 
in the how to use fear to live the life of your dreams from that podcast he says find more fear to get more comfortable by it so that that helps uh if you want to uh get used to the fear and it not be uh make you afraid as much as you get accustomed to it by keep approaching and doing what you fear and eventually the fear fear goes away and uh you're not afraid of it anymore and that uh from what i read helps build confidence as well by continually continually facing and overcoming all your fears you know as much fears as you can if you're afraid of jumping out of a plane go do it and you'll feel more comfortable or more confident you'll feel better yeah more comfortable too um that sort of stuff if you're if you're afraid of heights go yeah go go skydiving go uh take a flying lesson go that that's what i did also too is i took a a flying lesson one of those little planes little uh like four seater and that was that was uh not really pleasant for me because i'm not used to uh fly uh, i'm not i wasn't um i was afraid of flying for the longest time but you know the more i did it the the more i sat in that plane while it was uh flying the more i kind of got used to it and i even steered a little bit and uh yeah worse comes uh worse comes the worst i could always uh fly a plane if i need to no no not really but yeah, so that that's good to uh, use for you to live the life of your dreams. Those are a couple things he talks about. And the specifics, now, there's two parts of our brain. One is the amygdala, which handles the fear response. When we feel afraid, that lights up. And then the second one is the SGACC, called the um, subgenual anterior cingulate, cingulate cortex. And that is activated when fears are overcome. That handles our courage. Uh, the more you use it, the more courageous uh, you will be. And the more you use your amygdala, the more fearful you will be. I mean, uh, you could rewire your brain however you want to. So if you want to f- uh, live in a life of fear and just stay in your house, become a hermit, not go out and not do anything and be fearful, watch the news, say, you know, the world's coming apart, everything's getting worse and worse, when in reality, everything's actually getting better. Like all the crime statistics, the world, everything, poverty, everything's just getting better and better and better. And, uh, you'll talk to some people and you could tell the people <clears throat> that live in in fear. And, and I try to stay away and not really talk to them as much as I can because they, they tend to suck you into that that fear mindset. What you want to do is hang out with the people people that have the SGACC uh, activated, you know, much more than their amygdala. And that is uh, that courageous, um, that courageous part of the brain that lights up uh, when we, uh, you know, uh, feel courage. And so that that's something, too, that I found interesting. The more I faced my fears, the more like courage I feel. I don't know how to explain it. I've stand, I stood up and, and talked to people, like groups of people, almost every week the past, I don't know, eight years, seven years it's been. Like every week I'll just talk to It's only a few minutes at a time, but, you know, I, I was trying to think back. Like I should have wrote it down. Like after 30, the first 30 times I was nervous. After 30 times, I wasn't nervous. After 50 times, it was like super easy. And then after that, it was like, it was like nothing. I, and part of it was too, I watched myself. I, I don't focus on what the people think or, or I, I don't even 
notice the people sometimes because I'm so focused on what I'm I'm gonna say, and and like visualizing, like the 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 route that I'm explaining to the people in my head, and then the uh, there's a couple times that I get do get a little nervous, like if I see someone's face and they're famous, and I'm like, oh that guy's famous. Like a couple of days ago, I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger ride his bike down there, uh, uh, Venice Santa Monica area, and uh, <laughs> I go I go Arnold. He goes yeah. And I, I don't know what else to say. I was trying to think of something to say, but I was so tired and kind of like awestruck. That was the second time I saw him the last couple of years, but he works out down there in uh, Gold's Gym and lives uh, not too far from there. Like, and uh, yeah, I didn't know what else to say. I want One of my goals is to get him on this podcast and talk about uh, traveling. He uh, grew up, uh, he was born in Dahl, Austria, which is about two miles, I want to say west of Graz, Austria, where I visited. And yeah, I definitely would love to talk to him about, you know, places to travel, hidden gems, that sort of stuff. And uh, he's got a new movie, The New Terminators, coming out. I think it's November 2nd, something like that. But that was really cool to see him on his mountain bike in his blue jacket down there and uh, riding riding his bike <laughs> i think last time i saw him was like last year and uh, i go it's the terminator and uh, he just looked at me like <laughs> he was like disgusted like terminator i was governor i was more than just a terminator and that was the only words that you know came out of my na- mouth at least now i said arnold so i'm getting better and better hopefully next time i see him i'll be you know say something else like maybe schwarzenegger arnold schwarzenegger but all right, where was I? I was off on a tangent. Yeah, so the courageous part of the brain, definitely uh, the more you use it, the more wiring that occurs during that. So make sure to use that. It's definitely worthwhile. And um, life life gets uh, magical once you uh, overcome those fears and face those fears. And uh, that's uh, there's all sorts of quotes. If you, uh, you know, Google quotes on fear, I probably should have, printed them out because i love that stuff I mean, life begins at the end of your comfort zone that's a good one uh, all all sorts of stuff uh and then those were important because those are precursors to the base b-a-s-s-e which in the podcast that i talked about unbeatable mind podcast he talks about those five things i found three of them really helpful and then the other two are like, yeah, so-so. So the first one is ba- uh, of the base, B-A-S-S-E, box breathing. The B is for box breathing, and he recommends four by four. So you breathe in, four seconds. Hold for four seconds. Breathe out for four seconds. Hold for four seconds. And you keep doing that, and that will, that will relax you. It will uh, definitely... Uh, activate the nervous system for relaxation and i think that the vagus nerve as well and it's like uh it's like a meditation basically it did a lot of that in meditation but even for sl- much slower actually as slow as i ca- could uh, there was a time when i meditated i had some weird things happen or i've seen some weird things i uh went ocd on meditation before and I start seeing like like lights and colors and all sorts of weird things and uh yeah so so uh you won't you won't get to that level i don't think just by doing the four by four but definitely it's good to uh, to do that and that this helps with fear this helps you handle fear so that's the ba- uh, b for the base the a is assess the situation like from above like 
like uh, you're in a helicopter looking down and you see yourself in the airplane and it's shaking and you're like, ah, it's no big deal, you know, you just, or you're an actor in a movie and you see yourself in a camera or you're like in a video game and you're watching yourself, you know, so you assess the situation, that's the A. The S, the S is interesting, that smile, we have 43 muscles in our face and they're directly linked to the autonomic nervous system. Specifically, which part of the autonomic nervous system? We have three parts. We have the sympathetic, parasympathetic, and enteric nervous system. And that uh, smiling activates the parasympathetic nervous system. And research, scientific research studies shown that smiling reduces stress, reduces the heart rate, reduces blood pressure, Increases longevity, uh, lowers cortisol, activates relaxing hormones and in endorphins. Uh, laughing, even laughing, uh, activates the endogenous opioids, uh, uh, endorphins, and enkephalins, our natural endogenous opioids that we have. Even running while smiling has shown a 2.8% increase. A decrease in energy used. That's why you'll see some professional runners and runners in general uh, smiling. And you know what's interesting too is when I, I get really intense exercise or running specifically, I have, you have a grimace. So I don't know if that's like the the body's natural way to start to evoke the evoke that those physiological mechanisms to help with uh, reducing the energy used that sort of stuff. So it would make sense if it does, but uh, that's another <clears throat> positive benefit of laughter, smiling. Uh, you go see a comedy show, watch comedy, make it'll make you feel better. Even if you just fake it. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I read a boat a study on Botox. People who have Botox injections and can't frown, they uh, they're happier and and they're like stuck in that grin <laughs> like the Joker. They're just stuck, and they're actually happier. So. Definitely go out and get Botox injections so you can't frown and you could have a smile forever. Okay, definitely uh, go do that. And uh, <laughs> and the, the other S, so B-A-S-S-E, so the other S is shift your eyes. This was interesting. This took me days to try to figure out why shifting your eyes is beneficial. Apparently, when we sleep, uh, we go into deep REM sleep, our memories are consolidated. We shift our eyes. You could see people twitching sometimes. So we're sh actually shifting our eyes in our, our deep sleep. And uh, that's actually called self-EMDR when you shift your eyes. It's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And there is a therapy, a psychotherapy uh, technique that uses that. It's uh, used to relieve psychological stress. And it's uh, effective uh, because recalling distressing events is often less emotionally upsetting when your attention is diverted. Um, the, uh, the podcast he recommends, so shifting your eyes. So that's, yeah, I was thinking about this. Is like, <clears throat> okay, when do we shift our eyes? I was like, you know what? Maybe when we're driving, we're always shifting our eyes. And you ever notice that when you're driving and when you're in the passenger, passenger seat, sometimes driving feels easier, feels more relaxing. This maybe that has something to do with it. I, I don't know. So shift your eyes. So we have B box breathing, A assess the situation, S smile, S shift your eyes, E is eliminate shortcuts. So I thought the B 
S and S were the most important for me, box breathing, smile and shift your eyes that I could that I could use. And so when you're in a, a fearful situation, do that stuff, the, you know, slow breathing, four by four breathing, smile, even if you got to fake it, it still has benefits and shift your eyes. Also with shifting your eyes, you could tap your right and left sides or you could hear music that that goes on the right and left side i think it's called binaural beats or something like that and so that supposedly have supposed to have the same benefits as well so you could do those as well and that would be uh i was thinking how can i use it during fear of flying and i was like huh binaural beats on the ears smile there's a study done where they put a chopstick in a person's mouth and it reduced cortisol by 80 percent. so that's that's quite significant I know, I know when I, let's say I don't feel great or I feel mad or something, I'm always frowning. It's almost like it, it's a forced, like uh, you're stuck that way. But I think uh, just practice, you know, making a smile and uh, shifting the eyes and comedy is always, always nice. And now we know why it's, it's uh, helpful. So there's your tips right there. So that's a great addition to that uh, overcoming fear and great tools that that I found and I think uh, a lot of you out there could uh, find it useful too and so that's it that was on once again unbeatable unbeatable mind podcast by Mark Devine oh and I gotta before I forget I always forget uh, a message from our sponsors I'm the sponsor uh, my store my travel store super travel x at www.supertravelx.com use code super10 for 10% off anything and it's just a bunch of uh, travel gear that I have from backpacks to you know uh, uh, jackets to even some travel shoes noise canceling headphones all sorts of stuff a uh, water bottle that folds up I thought they're really cool and they've really helped me uh, help me with traveling and and uh, just taking the edge off everything, more relaxing. Travel pillows. I have three different travel pillows up there. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, give that, you check that out if you're interested in, in that. You, you know, it doesn't have to be an airplane. It could be in a bus or a car or anything. I even have a travel pillow on in my car. Uh, and it's actually really nice when I when I sit and I can put my head in the travel pillow. And so, uh, yeah, so they're great great for all sorts of things so yeah give check that out if you're interested in that and uh okay and the next that was the first part man i'm already going 30 minutes in this is uh this is a lot and uh the next one i don't know if how much shorter it's uh if it's gonna take just as long or what but we're gonna get into it it's called the flow state you ever heard of the flow state the zone all sorts of uh <laughs> lucy lucy <laughs> I just moved the paper and she jumped. Uh, the, flow, <laughs> the flow state, uh, the zone, you know, you feel like time slows down. You're like in this different world. It's like, I think, you know what? Traveling evokes that too, you know, even like being in a new place. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. A guy uh, named Stephen Kotler uh, really did a lot of research into that. And he uh, even has a book don't remember the name of the book but you could just google 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 it if you want and it's a you know flow state it's when like impossible things become possible and uh he's dug into the science and research of peak performance peak peak human performance and he wants he wanted to understand what was at the core of every 
nearly every gold medal or world, world championship. And that was the flow state or the zone. And like he talks about how to create flow in our lives, how we could use it as a tool because we could become 400% more creative, learn skills 200% more uh, faster. Uh, so definitely like there's benefits to this flow state and we could use this to better ourselves, and you know be more efficient and create things and do things better and that that's what excites me about this and Stephen Kotler he's uh he was a New York Times bestseller and he has a he's a director of this research of the flow research collective and uh the book oh here it is the book I'm, I'm looking at my notes it's called stealing fire and it was a national bestseller and he talks a lot of, you know, explains it really well in that book. And like he talks about flow, uh, the characteristics, how flow is universal, universal, it's measurable. There's a complete concentration. There's time dilation. Uh, there's uh, people often mistake it for a mystical experience before it was measured in studies. And... Yeah, that that's fascinating. We when we didn't know about stuff, we kind of that that's what uh, back in the old days people didn't know about stuff and they just attributed it to like different gods and that sort of stuff. So so now we know about flow. Say, what's the relationship between the brain's default mode network and flow? Um, I don't know. Good question, right? Uh, oh, this is a good one. People who have the highest life satisfaction have the most flow in their lives. So that's interesting. And he says, every gold medal and world championship that's been won had flow at its core. Uh, there was a study by McKinsey did a 10-year study on flow, and uh, t top executives were 500% more effective. That's fascinating. Flow creates uh, 400 to 700% increases in creativity. That's in uh, soldiers... Uh, learn skills 230% faster in flow states. And yeah, it's it's really uh, interesting. And we should, I think we should all get into that flow state uh, certain times as much as we can. We can't get into it all the time because we would like deplete our neurochemicals in our body and we'd just be, be haggard, and, you know, but, but we could get into it, you know, at certain times. Let's see what else to say in my notes. When you're in a flow state, you're using less of your brain, not more of it. That's interesting. Um, I, I would go into like specific brain details, but that would take like hours. Just like, like I explained the the fear stuff that I just explained. That would that took enough time. So I'm not gonna go into the specific details of which part of the brains light up, which brains part of the brains don't, uh, part of the brain doesn't. But if you want to, you just Google it if you're interested in. Yeah, maybe write your own book on flow. All right. And it says um, uh, your brain's burning a lot of energy, and so it shut this part of the brain down. As your need for concentration goes up, the brain starts shutting down non-critical areas to maximize attention, oh, which is interesting why you use less of your brain, not more of it. Uh, your sense of self falls apart when you move into a flow state, uh, increasing your performance. Flow shifts your brain wave function profoundly, and there's a huge dump of neuro positive neurochemicals and stress hormones uh, are flushed out of your system, and replaced with the big five. Those are dopamine, serotonin, anandamide, uh, endorphins, and norepinephrine. And all five of these chemicals are pleasure slash reward drugs. 
Uh, flow is one of, if not the most addictive experiences on earth. Oh, so definitely you don't want to be in that state 24-7. Definitely. Uh, and it says, um, all right, the next page of the notes says, uh, still in the early days of flow research, but uh, neuroscience is still trying to figure out huge pieces of the data. Uh, flow is a tool. It could be used for good, but it could also be used for not for good. Um, there's different ways to get in flow, like a video game puts you in a flow state. Uh, any, anybody can access flow because flow state has triggers. There's certain triggers that activate flow state, which I will go over. Uh, this, there's 17 triggers and seven uh seven and ten group triggers so i'll go over those in a second after i go over this uh this one and one of the most important triggers he, he goes to explain is the challenge skills balance so when the challenge slightly exceeds our skill set uh that helps to induce the flow state you need about a 90 to 120 minutes uh, uh with total concentration that means like no emails, no pop-ups, no distractions, no phones, that sort of stuff. And your challenge needs to be four percent greater than your skills. You're in the that means you're in the right zone, and that's uh, the best to uh, induce that flow state. So you want to do something that's hard, but not really hard. You know that scares you a little bit, but is not massively frightening. That that sort of stuff. Discomfort is a great trigger to know you're about to get into a flow state. So discomfort. Uh, that, that's what we say face your fears live your dreams there's all sorts of uh quotes i was talking about for those uh those fear and discomfort uh so definitely uh discomfort is a great trigger um it says peak performers have the problem of biting off too much uh of a challenge um which puts too much too much fear into the equation and ends up blocking flow and locking yourself out of peak performance so that's interesting too you don't want to be the, much more than that 4%. You don't want to be like 50% greater than your skill set or like, oh man, this is already impossible. I can't do this. You know, you just want, like, maybe I can do this. I should be able to, you know, that sort of stuff. And then, uh, let's see, uh, training up flow while you're surfing trains the brain to enter the flow states in general. Uh, the heightened creativity from flow lasts for several days. And, um, how long do flow triggers carry over from fun activities? Just said that. You can't live in a flow state all the time. You need to uh, uh, recover. There's a flow state and there's a recovery state. Because if you constantly activating those five neurochemicals, you're, uh, you're going to deplete yourself and it's not going to feel good. You're going to burn out. Uh, so... Uh, most people screw up flow as they take the amplified creativity from flow and ride it to the very bitter end till they're just completely exhausted. That, that, that's what you don't want to do, and that makes it more difficult to jump in the flow the next time. Uh, so just take yourself near the end and call it quits because you need rest and recovery. It's a core component of repeatedly re-entering the flow state. You need naps, breaks, reset your consciousness, focus on another problem, active recovery. Protocols are really important, like watching TV and drinking a beer is not good recovery, obviously. <laughs> you want like meditation, sauna, yoga, hot bath, massages, that sort of stuff. Um, and there's an intersection between flow state and spirituality. Um, they, he says that the same neurobiological states from flow show up in the same place as mystical experiences, um, psychedelic states, states of awe, near-death experiences. They're very similar. 
And there's biology behind our mythology. Mystical experiences are very similar to flow states. Uh, and he talks about psychedelic experiences are biologically indistinguishable from spiritual experiences. And then um, the Tibetan Buddhists to Franciscan nuns, the brain experience of being one with everything is the same. And that's uh we don't live in reality we live in an estimated construction built by our brains we create reality as we go along and i don't know what that's to do with the flow state but it's there and i'm almost there i only have 50 more papers uh note pages of notes to go over <laughs> no i'm just kidding maybe uh 45 um so the seven flow triggers that stephen kotler uh talks about and he's got another book, too. That was the one I mentioned earlier. And there's another one. I think it's called The Rise of Superman. So uh, there's seven, uh, 17 flow, trigger, flow state triggers. And there's four groups of them. There's psychological, environmental, social, and creative. I won't go in detail on all of them. If you want to go over all of them, just Google 17 flow triggers, Stephen Kotler, or just 17 flow triggers, and you'll get it. So the psychological flow triggers, uh, flow state triggers are acute attention and focus. So you want to uh, allow yourself to completely focus on the task at hand, and um, that's critical in achieving your peak flow state. And you want to put away, you know, any mental distractions, your phone, your email, that sort of stuff. You want to have clearly defined goals. So that's very important to make sure you have clearly defined goals. Breaking up your goals into smaller goals are key. Excuse me. Uh, even when, uh, okay, uh, agile, immediate feedback. Breaking up tasks into smaller goals allows one to receive immediate feedback as they move along, uh, which can help them pivot as needed. And then number four, stay in your weight class. The challenge skill ratio, that's that 4%. Uh, you don't want to, you know, that's like the the, the best um you know, uh, challenge skills ratio, don't go over like 4% of, of your skill set. Or I think that's what, what it was. Hold on. This, he says, ensure your goals and challenges uh, you take are in line with your abilities. Don't overextend yourself. Because if you try to do too much, okay, that 4%, so your challenge can be 4% greater than your skills, you're in the right zone. So that 4% of the challenge uh, needs to be greater than your skills. That's a good zone. Um, that was number four, and eh, funny, it's uh, 4% as well. Challenge skills ratio, that's number four. Number five, uh, This now we start to get into the environmental flow state triggers. So number five, big consequences. I know uh, he was talking about mountain biking off the side of a cliff or running on the side of a cliff where there's big consequences, or even mountain climbing. Like when, when Tim was talking about the flow state, and like I tried to explain oh i get into the flow state when i'm running sometimes or music but i didn't really like know the specifics and the details like i'm, I'm talking about now so mountain climbing rock climbing where you're you're like almost defined death you know you're getting close to that edge so there's big consequences like uh big wave surfing you know that sort of stuff um and students in, uh, oh yeah, students in the college and university will feel this feeling as a real result of serious procrastination and then massive application before a deadline or midterm. You remember being in college or school and you're like, damn, I didn't finish this paper. I got 10 pages to write. It's due tomorrow morning. It's five. It's like 5 p.m. I got to do it now. 
and then you do it and you get to this flow state and you're able just to finish it really fast and quickly and it's actually good i mean i've done that multiple times where you like pull on all nighters or almost all nighters you're up to like two or three in the morning trying to finish your paper and yeah so that's uh you, we're in the flow state never knew that and uh, that's number five for environmental flow state triggers uh, number six rich environment you want to have a rich environment. Uh, he goes and talk about Andy Warhol used to paint in a room full of people with a record playing, a television on, and countless other complexities. So an environment rich of novelty and complexity can help one focus in ways that a boring, predict predictable environment can't. Huh, that's interesting. He says when you're in a predictable environment, you start to see icons, so to speak. You may not see the details on the Bentley next to you on the highway. Instead, you just see a a mental indicator for a car so like a new place new sights new sounds new smells that sort of stuff definitely can uh, <clears throat> help with the flow state by the rich in, uh, because of the rich environment number seven deep embodiment uh, this goes on building on the last point uh, unpredictability within your environment breaks down those uh, metal icons and makes them highly visible to you once again as if everything is new uh, so unpredictability uh, environments, unpredictable environments. So that's an, another one. He says our bodies are much more attuned to adapt in unpredictable environments. Uh, and then there's 10. I want to say there's, I don't know if there's 10 group triggers. Yeah, it looks like 10, 10 more triggers in uh, number 8 through 17. Uh, there's social or group flow state triggers, eight serious concentration, nine shared goals, 10 constant communication, 11 familiarity, 12 equal participation skill sets, 13 risk, 14 cell sense of control, uh, 15 close listening, 16 say yes, and 17 creativity. So if you want to go more in depth with in those, then you could uh, you could check those out online. I'm not going to I'm not going to go over all of those in detail just because I'd be here hours and hours. And there's a, uh, a bunch of act, uh, activities that are known to induce flow. And there's six examples of flow and action. So let's go over the six examples of flow and action, which I, uh, I, I have notes for. And there's um, you could experience flow in almost any activity uh, as clearly defined goals and a balance between the difficulty of the challenge and the skills of the individu individual. Certain activities are likely to encourage a flow state, like games, sports, arts. You could also experience flow within the workplace and other day-to-day -day activities. And these are activities known to induce flow. Uh, the first one's flow in music. You ever music's so good to induce flow. Sometimes I'd get up in the morning and just start dancing, you know, before I I, I got to work out, and I, I call it like like priming or uh, yeah, getting ready for my workout, and I just like music makes you feel good and. I don't know if I'm, I'm I'm getting into the flow state or what, but it's sure making me feel good. And uh, they say uh, the activity is listening to or playing music. It is a pursuit in which many experience intrinsic enjoyment. And they notice uh, a significant uh, relationship in one study between the music and flow experience. Uh, even like an orchestra and a band, they're like in the flow state. You know, they're moving together. They're just totally in sync together. That's music, flow and music. And, um, oh, you know, here, here, he says you experience 
complete absorption in an activity that involves music, whether the activity is listening to playing music. So when you're doing a skill, let's say you're running and you're listening to music, that's where the flow state comes. Okay, that makes sense. Number two, flow in sport. Hey, just talking about that. You ever been uh, playing sports and time just goes by really fast or there's, you know, the, maybe even really slow? I, I don't know if, if that counts. <laughs> I know when you're running a, a 5K or a marathon race, time seems to go really slow. If you want to, uh, I call it artificially extend your lifespan, run a marathon every day and, and each day will feel like, feel like a year because time goes by so slow. <laughs> Um, that's flow and sport. So um, he talks about flow and sports. Uh, you take part in a sport, whether it's athletics, mountaineering, golf, whatever it is. It's at some point, you've probably entered flow state and not even known it, but you've probably felt it. And they're more common than in many other contexts uh, because athletes frequently describe... Uh, it says athletes frequently describe experience uh, increased increased confidence through a sense of control and less self consciousness as a result of their their absorption in the activities. And part of that is, you know, like I said, the the five uh, the five neurochemicals: dopamine, serotonin, anandamide, endorphins, norepinephrine. Uh, exercise helps activate some of those, uh, if not all of those, actually. Um, so. I know at least four of those are activated with exercise, especially hard, intense exercise will activate that. So that helps with the flow and sport, especially when you're uh, working at on a high level, high um, intense level. Uh, number three, flow in gaming and technology. You ever be playing a game and you're just totally immersed into it and like, you know, time goes and you look up, it, it was 12, uh, 12 p.m. when you were playing, now it's like, 12 a.m. It's like 12 hours gone by, and like you didn't notice you've, you've eaten uh, Domino's pizza and drink a, a six liter of uh, Pepsi. I remember my brother would uh, he would he would get totally immersed in the video games. At least this is what I could see. I I know I do it too, but like you could just see just get see him get uh, get immersed and totally in the flow state, and yeah, and and two when you're playing and you could communicate with groups too you're getting that group flow state so that's uh that's fascinating i didn't really think about that till till now so uh their findings uh let's see this uh study found um a flow state during video game uh, playing and they found the emergence of flow during the gaming was in part due to the balance between the ability of the player and the difficulty of the game the concentration the direct feedback the clear goals and the control over the activity so that's that's fascinating and okay there's a little bit more about the flow and gaming and technology. Okay, this technology indicated flows experienced frequently while performing a variety of technically technology-based tasks ranging from word processing, programming, visual design, and online searches. Oh, I know when I'm creating or designing something or even drawing, but oh, wow, that's fascinating that you, you're getting into the flow state by doing that sort of stuff. Online searches? Hey. Didn't know that. Um, number four, flow in the workplace. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, flow has many benefits within a work uh, workplace setting. A flow state encourages creativity and culti uh, cultivates innovative thinking. 
Uh, it says it may seem unlikely, but the workplace is not too dissimilar to training, playing sports or video games in that most workplaces or of work have goals, immediate feedback, and ideally equip an individual with the skills required to complete a task. Okay, number five, flow in education and e-learning. Oh, that's another one. Uh, e-learning, education, um, eh. It says flow play, plays a positive role in learning outcomes. Uh, there's significant relationship between e-learning and flow experience. It doesn't really go into that much detail. Okay, but we'll just skip that. Now. If, if you want to learn more, just Google it. All right, number six, flow in hobbies. Oh, that, that, that could be uh, a big topic right there. Have you ever uh, lost track of time while reading a book? Oh, I think uh, we all have, at least... Uh, if you were born in like the 80s or 90s, I don't know about now if people read. <laughs> I don't, it seems like less and less people. Uh, you ever lost track of time while reading a book? Heck yeah, I've, I've read a book and like three hours have gone by when I was a kid before reading. A, I used to read Star Wars books or Lord of the Rings or, or that sort of stuff, some science fiction. I should have read like self-help books. That would have probably helped me a lot. Uh, you ever, oh, it says, you ever read a book or been so involved and focused on an activity that you were unaware of anything else until you stop and gather your thoughts? Yeah. And hobbies such as like art, gaming, dancing, sport, all have something we are intrinsically, intrinsically motivated to participate in regardless of external rewards. And then you're taking a break from the mundane to engage in that create, creative activities you find enjoyable can boost self-confidence, increase motivation, and increase, enhance well-being. So why not reacquaint yourself with the joys of downtime, pursue a musical instrument, learn to knit, take up photography, or try your hands at writing, or kung fu, or jiu-jitsu, or wrestling, or, or anything. Um, and there's a bunch of activities known to increase flow. I'll just go over these real quick. Swimming, that's my mom. I don't know if you listen to the podcast with my mom, the Bon Bombshell. She was a fantastic swimmer. Broke a, I think it was a butterfly, 50-meter record, something like that. And um, swimming, table tennis, tai chi, cycling, and running, especially over long distance. Uh, mountaineering and rock climbing I think of my friend Tim cycling and running I think of me because I do those almost every day uh, Osho dynamic meditation so I guess meditation in general cooking and baking oh yes I know uh, I, I used to love growing up I don't know where I got it from either my mom or my sister but we'd make chocolate chip cookies all the time it got I was a little chubby for a few years of my life, and I think part of the reason was I just started eating the cookie dough. I wouldn't even bake them. I would just start eating eat tons of cookie dough and make chocolate chip cookies. And even to this day, I'm still like love chocolate chip cookies, but I eat a more healthier version. Uh, yeah, so cooking, you ever like cook and you just like into the state, you're chopping onions, chopping tomatoes, maybe you got the music going, you got you got the flow state going, you know. I I know uh I know people definitely uh get into that zone. Uh, I wonder if Chef Ramsey gets into that zone. Like, he seems a little angry though. I don't know. All right, and uh that's it for uh, most of those activities, but there's tons and tons more. Uh, probably any activity uh, you get involved in can, can create a flow state almost. Um, 
any it says any activity you find intrinsically rewarding that requires full engagement can guide you on the path to your flow state yeah i mean i learned uh archery a couple years back and that's definitely like meditation and a skill and definitely get into the flow state there bowling i grew up bowling that was that was pretty good uh, my mom taught us to bowl we were uh throwing a bowling ball we uh, me and my brothers owned bowling balls and she taught us the the by you know throwing them on the couch the release the hand release like you're shaking a hand and so uh, even to this day it's been a few years since i've been bowling i could still go out and probably bowl over 200 pretty easy it's just like once you learn i learned it as a kid and just sticks with me forever i wish i would have learned maybe something that would have been uh more useful i I don't know i I can't really become a professional bowler without a lot of uh uh, difficulty right now but i mean maybe uh yeah yeah um so yeah that's it so that's uh (laughs) the flow state and um what what sort of stuff do you do to get into the flow state there's got to be something, whether it's uh, driving to work and traffic with the music, you know, blasting, dancing to the radio or, um, you know, that sort of stuff. Maybe it's karaoke, karaoke or singing or playing video games or exercise, some type of exercise or, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to think about and uh, how to get into that state too. Uh, there's different ways to to get into that state which I talked about and yeah I find that whole thing fascinating so all right if you didn't um all right thank you for listening listening anyway (laughs) but I I know there was some helpful information out of all that that you got I was trying to talk a little bit fast uh just so this this uh I wouldn't go over like you know the hour I'm trying to do an hour but um that was my goal but I, I think I could do like 30 minute podcast and still be all right uh, it really depends on how I feel, if I'm tired or not, and like how much research I got to. I got to do research before I do all this to make sure I understand it. You could, you have to understand it first before you could um, uh, share it with others. And you know what? I bet you, I bet you a, a dime to your dollar, as uh, my friend Kenny, Kenny up here in the mountains would say, that uh, I'm probably in the flow state uh, doing this podcast. I f- it kind of feels like it almost. So like, I try to get into the state where like the first few minutes you get nervous during a podcast, but after that you start talking and it just flows really easy, much easier. And I try to, uh, yeah, I try to, uh, just, uh, let ideas and stories, you know, come to me. And if I get nervous, they don't come to you as, as easy, easily. So if you're not as nervous, they, they come to you much easier. It's like, uh, when I'm talking in front of people, you uh the they say the best way is 50 percent uh improvision 50 percent preparation improvise improvise 50 percent of the time and then prepare for 50 percent so you have your prepared you know speech or presentation and then you talk about uh like little side stories and stuff that relates to the topic so i've I try to do that as much as possible. Still learning how to do this. It's been uh, July, August, September, October, about three and a half months. My goal is to see how it goes in uh, to do a hundred episodes in a year, and that's uh, that's my goal. I think it could be done. Definitely, it will be done. That's the goal. I'm uh, seventy six more, and we'll see. Hopefully, I get Arnold Schwarzenegger on the podcast. That would be really cool. Him and Lance Armstrong. I don't know why. I just want to ask him about traveling stuff because I saw Lance Armstrong. He had a picture of uh, him and Jordan at Petra, and I thought that was.
fascinating. And definitely like like he was in the Tour de France and seen all these wonderful places around uh, around Europe because he's he's actually he's lived there and I think he's lived in Nice and uh, Nice and Girona. So those at least a couple places I, I saw his apartment, his old apartment. I didn't get to go inside, but I the guy walking out was like, yeah. I was like. Is Lance, this Lance Armstrong's apartment? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm renting it. It's, it was on Airbnb. He's like, whoa, cool. He's like, oh, I'll show you, but I, I got to go. So maybe, you know, another time I could rent Lance's Airbnb in Girona, his old apartment in Girona, Spain. That would be cool. Girona uh, is definitely a cool place. It's uh, Barcelona's cool, and Girona's like hop, skip, and a jump from Barcelona. They have a really cool uh, old town. It's like a medieval city. They filmed Game of Thrones there. In uh, in Girona, it's definitely worth a stop, and uh, I'm uh, can't wait to go back. Uh, I I got to see a lot of stuff, but yeah, I would go back. I would go back and uh, maybe check out Andorra, which isn't too far from there, to check off another country. Andorra is like this really kind of enigma. It's a small country right there, uh, right there in the edge of Spain, right not far from Girona. Um, apparently, there's not much to do there. It's really small, but it's worth the check out. And so uh, the next trip I got going, I'm going to do uh, going to Southeast India back to Chennai. Maybe um, a stopover in Abu Dhabi or Dubai, which is the United Arab Emirates. I just started learning about that country and it's it's pretty interesting there in the Persian Gulf in the Middle East. And uh, it's pretty safe uh, from what I read and stuff. And um smack dab in the middle of i think bahrain is uh the island next to it and saudi arabia i believe borders it on the southwest and the east is oman and uh yeah so that's an uh one interesting thing about uh fact about united arab emirates uh is it has the tallest building in the world the burj burj khalifa it's like uh it's around 20 a little over 2700 feet tall and over 160 stories i was watching a video they go up uh, uh 60 seconds 125 stories in this elevator it's really cool it's like it's like you're on a slot machine all these things light up and it's like ding, 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 ding. so I, I definitely uh i, I want to go you know go up there if i can even though i i don't really like heights but i, I take it more as a challenge uh if you don't like heights don't go to the grand canyon and walk on that um uh, I forget the name of it. There's a name for it where there's a see-through glass walkway on the Grand Canyon. I was crawling. <laughs> it was so scary. <laughs> I had my adrenaline going. I, I tried so hard to be brave, but my mom was there. I was just crawling on my knees, trying to not to look down the thousands of foot, you know, down. I don't do good on those, those see-through, uh, see-through bridges and platforms and stuff. Apparently in China... There's a bunch being built, and some of them aren't up to standards, and uh, uh, some are cracking and falling apart, and <laughs> yeah, not so, uh, doesn't sound so fun. Um, but anyways, yeah, if you want to face your fear, definitely uh, overcome your fear, you know, you have to face it, and that's, so I still I still like to do that, even though I, I it's uncomfortable, I still like to go, you know, to the top, and it, of, of buildings and high places and you know what else scared me was uh made me nervous was the top of um the notre dame the cathedral of notre dame in uh, paris i did that before and that was that was kind of scary too for me uh anyways uh 
Okay, that's it. What are we at? 62 minutes. And let's get to my outro music. Once again, um, oh yeah, I, no, I don't need to say it again. My, my, this podcast is brought to you by my travel store, uh, Super Travel X, uh, for all your travel needs, comfort, um, affordable, essential travel stuff and uh, travel gear. Just go there if you want any of that. It's uh, supertravelx.com, www.supertravelx.com. Super10 is your uh, coupon code. I'll, I'll put it in the store notes. I don't know why. People, they repeat these ads like 10 times. I don't want to do that. I just want to do it like once. So I'll just I'll just leave it and just put it in the notes. All right, guys, thank you for listening. And I may be the next one we're going to do. Uh, I think we're going to go back to Switzerland. Let's revisit Switzerland. That's going to be a good one. I, I, I did a few places in Switzerland. I'll tell you what, the Austria-Switzerland train, so beautiful, incredibly, incredibly beautiful, especially right now in the fall. I was just there a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's so beautiful. I love the, the changing. Fall is one of my favorite seasons. I guess you call it autumn, too, the same thing, right? But I love the, the colors, the orange, the reds, the dark reds, the, the greens, the yellow of the of the leaves changing, and just find it really uh, beautiful and like a painting and and definitely uh, Switzerland is is amazing. It's a majestic place and definitely I uh, uh, can't wait to go back. Uh, so we might do that uh, next podcast and that's it, guys. Thank you for listening. Hold on, let's get the music. Let's get the music. Here we go. All right, get up and dance. That's it. Thank you for listening, guys. Have a great day. Wonderful night day wherever you are thank you for listening and take care be well live well and live your best life guys that's that's it that's the message positivity motivation inspiration whatever it is whatever it takes go out and do it you can do it